Welcome to Life in Accounting, the Where Accountants Go podcast. Life in Accounting is the podcast for everyday heroes like you working in the accounting profession. Are you ready to hear from accounting influencers, thought leaders, visionaries, and other professionals leading change in the accounting world? Then stay tuned for Mark Goldman, a CPA, the owner of Where Accountants Go, and your host. Welcome to Life in Accounting. Any mistake that you made, you own up to it. And I do that today. And I do that even with my staff. So if my staff makes a mistake and it's because I asked them to do something, then that's my responsibility and I take it and it's something that I own. Hello, everyone. I'm Mark Goldman, a CPA and your host for Life in Accounting, the Where Accountants Go podcast. That clip was from Wendy Tabor Christian in Beaumont, Texas. Wendy's had an interesting career from the standpoint that she started in what many people would consider a typical accounting position, but then was able to parlay that into other areas of interest, namely risk management and information systems audit. And then eventually, she still came back to a core accounting role. She's currently the VP of Corporate Administration for Script Care Limited. If you've ever considered looking into either of those areas, this is going to be a very valuable episode for you. On that topic, if you happen to be in the Texas area, our jobs board page on the whereaccountsco.com site, our home website, is growing each and every week, and I encourage you to check that out as well. It's a good place to consider your options. With that, let's go ahead and get started with Wendy. Here we go. Good afternoon, Wendy. Thank you very much for scheduling this. I know sometimes it's difficult just to find the time, so I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you. No problem. Well, you've had an interesting career, definitely not all typical accounting roles. So I was hoping to get you on the show so we could sort of walk through that and and maybe educate our listening audience on how you came to get into risk management and, and how you've come to work with systems, you know, more than more than some accountants and really just give them insight into that. But first, I think it's good for the community to get to know where you came from so they know who you are, so to speak. How did you even start to think about accounting as a career? When did all that start? Well, Mark, actually it all started in high school. I took an accounting class in high school and all that information clicked for me. The debits and credits were balancing and that was a wonderful thing. And so all that information came easy for me. And so I thought a career in accounting would be a great opportunity. Within my high school, we had vocational office education classes and we had the opportunity to learn everything within an office that's typing and filing and bookkeeping. And so I clicked on the accounting side and loved the reconciliation part of it. And so that's how I actually started my career in accounting was in high school. Okay. So you knew in high school you wanted to become an accounting major. Yes. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. That was pretty early on. Yes, it was. Why, why did you scary. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, did you take the class, the accounting class, just by chance in the beginning? Or did you have any you know earlier influences that... 
No, it was an elective class, and so I took the class. There was also in this vocational office education type environment competitions, UIL competitions you could go to, and so I participated in those and did well as, uh, you know, also, and so that just kind of concreted the knowledge of having accounting was a good thing and to continue on that career path outside of high school. Okay. Okay. So did you go straight through college, four years accounting major or, or four or five years or that kind it, of thing? Well, it's probably a little longer than that. <laughs> I actually, so I was raised by a single mom and okay. so I had very few scholarships to go to oh. college. I started out at Lamar University in Port Arthur took a couple of classes there and then moved to Lamar, Beaumont, Texas. And then I decided that I need to spread my wings and go to a college, a bigger college that had a better accounting program. And so I eventually moved to Austin, Texas, went to UT for a semester and decided that those classes were a little big for me. And so then I eventually Went to Southwest Texas State University, which is now Texas State University, and graduated from there with my BBA in accounting. Now, during that entire time, it was probably about a seven-year stretch, and so I worked full-time and then went to school as full-time as I could during that that period. Okay. Okay. Was the first university you went to a a two-year school, a community college? It was a state college, so it was... At the time, Lamar Port Arthur was part of the Beaumont campus, and now I believe Lamar Port Arthur is a state college, which is a two-year program, I believe. Okay. Okay. Well, the reason I ask is I'm sure you had heard about the mentor program. The San Antonio CPA chapter has really been putting effort into helping community college students who are transitioning to a four-year school. and. And you know how that transition works. So I was sort of curious if you if you had been in that position as well. <laughs> okay, that's okay. a great program to have. That's something that us here in Southeast Texas could definitely put into play as well for our students. Okay. Yeah, actually, you. I shouldn't be cross promoting podcast here, but uh, <laughs> you, <laughs> you should check out the. Well, you podcast. know, I was. I'm from San Antonio too, so that makes it okay. There you go. <laughs> you should check out the podcast with Brian Morgan and Sarah Vargas because okay. they talk about the program and, and how they put together. And as long as I'm on that note, I guess, do you know Bruce Howard? No, I don't. Okay. Well, he used to run the placement office. He's a former accountant. He used to run the placement office for UTSA in San Antonio. But the reason I was asking, he's now in the career advising area at Texas State. So right. I did see that in his podcast. Yes. Yeah, he's back, yeah. In, back in your alma mater. That's so. great. <laughs> yeah, he was just two episodes ago. <laughs> yeah. So so you went through college, you were an accounting major, get out. Was your first job in accounting or, or did you jump right into some of these other areas at that point? Actually, my first job in accounting was in Port Arthur. I worked for a sole proprietor and did a lot of bookkeeping, payroll tax reports, and some individual income tax returns, not a, not a whole lot. So I had, I had a lot of the bookkeeping side of it when I worked here in Port Arthur. And then when I moved to Austin, I worked for more sole proprietor CPA okay. firms. And so oh. that got me all of, you know, the background and bookkeeping, monthly compilations, 
and then having the opportunity to dive into actual tax and doing some of the tax returns. So I, I worked for a self in Austin when I was going to school in San Marcos. Okay. Okay. Was your first full-time job out of college in public accounting as well? Yes. Okay. Okay. How long were you in public accounting and, and how did that fit for you? I was in public accounting for approximately 12 years with small CPA firms and mainly doing the, the monthly write-up, the compilations, and tax returns, payroll reports, individual tax returns, corporates, and partnership tax returns as well. And during that time, I guess really after that time frame, maybe there, my husband at the time was in the military and we moved to Japan and we had the volunteer income tax assistance program there through the IRS for the military. And so I worked for them or volunteered, you know, doing the military dependents and their spouses, their income taxes over there. Okay. I had no idea you were in public accounting that long. I was. Well, because I started when I was, it was probably my second year in college whenever I started working for the sole proprietor here in Port Arthur. So I was somewhat young, I guess. (laughs) Okay. Did you ever move in? You're funny. (laughs) (laughs) I just got that. (laughs) Um, Did did you ever move into larger firms or regional firms or did you sort of stay with, you know, I guess under 10 sole proprietor kind of shops? Right. The largest firm I was with, they had four partners, and that was the last CPA firm I worked for. And actually, one of my bosses was Randy Vogel, (laughs) and that particular company, you know, they, they eventually, those partners went their separate ways and went to different firms as well. But while I was working for them, we did have a client, Randolph Brooks Federal Credit Union, and another CPA friend of mine, Tracy Merritt, was the controller there at Randolph Brooks Federal Credit Union, and they were looking for someone in their accounting department. And so I decided that I maybe could take the transition from public accounting into industry. And so I took the leap, and that's where then my, from public accounting to industry, where that kind of switched gears a little bit. Okay. What was your first role in in industry at Randolph Brooks? I worked in their accounting department as one of their accounting managers, and I managed the, they had, in the financial institution world, you have chargebacks and ACH items, and obviously the financial compilations. And so I worked with those staff members in the ACH, those are wires coming in or debits coming out of members' accounts, uh, NSF checks we have to to return, working with the Federal Reserve on our cash account there, and then assisting with the financial compilations at the end of the month. And that, that's the position I started at. And I was probably in that position about maybe two years or so. And then I had the opportunity to move into their internal audit department. And I was, I was probably there another five years there. Okay. Okay. Now, on LinkedIn, it mentioned something about risk management. Was that part of the internal audit role? No, not at Randolph Brooks. So oh, Randolph, I'm sorry, I'm wrong credit union. I yeah, there's <laughs> several credit unions. <laughs> so at Randolph Brooks in the internal audit department, we did a lot of compliance audits, Bank Secrecy Act audits, policy-driven audits, and we assisted the external auditors with financial work papers as well. And... 
at one point in my time there, I asked the senior vice president, hey, what can I do to grow my knowledge base or you know, change directions a little bit. This, these numbers things, these accounting numbers, they kind of, I'd like to look for something different. Is there an IT environment? Is there something else that I can look into? And he's the one that suggested going for my certified information systems auditor certification. And so we didn't have an auditor with that certification on staff. However, we did have an individual that was very versed in the IT environment. And so he was very helpful in sharing his knowledge with me. And so then I pursued that certification and got that in 2007. Interesting. Okay. Okay. So did the systems-related work come first or did uh, you end up getting into risk management before you got more into IT audit? Probably the IT audit and the the systems piece came in prior to the risk management because we did a lot of the IT audit work papers for the external auditors before they actually came in. And so we were able to develop all those work programs and have the information for them prior for them coming on site. After the credit union, Randolph Works Federal Credit Union, I had an opportunity to move to IBC Bank as their vice president in their internal audit department, strictly focusing on IT audit. And so then again, that I gained more knowledge within the IT environment, more specialized IT audits, learned a lot from my mentor there as well. And it was just, you don't realize, I think most of us don't realize what completely is involved in in an information systems environment because there can be so many different aspects to it that you just don't think, wow, I should be looking at that log or that access because it may not make sense to you. But as an IT auditor, it's kind of one of those things, going, wow, this is really cool and let's dive into this. And the financial auditor is going, well, they have no numbers. They don't balance, you know. So um, <laughs> I kind of like that aspect of it because an accounting system can't really be an accounting system without understanding how it all comes together through the programming and the access. So that's kind of what drove me to that direction. Okay. How long were you at IBC? I was there for a short stint, <laughs> and then <laughs> I moved on to then. Then I moved to Security Service Federal Credit Union in their risk management department. So that's where the risk management comes in. Okay. And so I was actually hired mainly to develop their information security risk assessment. And what I enjoyed about that was they were giving me, oh, it'll take you about eighteen months. I'm like, okay, well, we'll see. And it took me about nine months to put it together. So with the collaborative work, we worked with IT and the accounting department, understanding all their systems, the actual risk assessment program that we put together came together more easily, I I believe, than they anticipated. And so I was responsible for their enterprise-wide risk assessments and their information security. And so that was, I think, a fairly good accomplishment for me. (laughs) Wow. Okay. Yes, I'm sorry. I was getting the, the credit unions mixed up there. I Obviously, earlier in the conversation, I thought we were already at that point. <laughs> so I was getting the timeline a little confused. <laughs> All this came about because you, you basically asked your boss back at Randolph, how can I grow my knowledge base? And, right. and you had a secure position and, and decided to learn more about information systems audit. Right, right. Okay. What certifications do you have now? So my, I, my CPA, obviously, and I got that in 1999, and then 
my CISA, which is Certified Information Systems Auditor Certification in 2007, and my Certified Information Technology Professional, which is a CITP through the AICPA, that credential I received in 2008. And then I received my Chartered Global Management Accountant credential, the CGMA, in 2011. Wow. Okay. Had you thought about getting the CIA as well? The I, I had thought about that when I was internal audit, and it just the opportunity really didn't present itself at the time. And now that I'm not in internal audit anymore, I haven't pursued that any further. Sure. Yeah. At this point, it wouldn't make sense, and what you're doing now. So you've transitioned into well, I believe you transitioned back into more of a traditional accounting management role. I have. (laughs) (laughs) It comes full circle. (laughs) It does. (laughs) Was it difficult for you to, well, I guess two questions. Was it difficult for you to make that transition back? And then was it difficult for you to get someone to give you the opportunity to go back to be more of a generalist? I don't think it was difficult at all. Okay. I mean, you have the foundation Anyway, whenever you have, when you're going through college and you take all your accounting classes and then you work in public accounting, even whether it's an audit or tax in public accounting, you're going to get a good foundation of that environment. And so I don't necessarily like accounting, let's just say, (laughs) from that aspect. The debits and credits, yeah, they got a balance, but I really am an auditor at heart. So if when my auditor is here doing my financial audit, and she asked a question. I go, it's really immaterial. And she goes, well, I go, it is. So let's move on to something else. Because she's, auditors aren't necessarily work well with auditors when they're auditing them, I guess, if that makes sense. Sure. And so having that, that knowledge background from an IT audit perspective, as well as just being an internal audit, it gives me a little bit more heads up or knowledge up on some others that come in here for doing our audits. But the foundation is still there for accounting, so I don't think it's really hard to reconnect back to the the general accounting because you're still looking at policy and procedures. You're still looking at streamlining processes. You're trying to understand whether or not a product or a service is making you money. You're doing risk analysis. So from my perspective, I didn't think it was difficult at all. Okay. Yeah, that's interesting because, and I agree, but I, I think sometimes when people are thinking about another certification or or doing a a related but different area of study, part of the decision-making process is, well, what if I don't like it? Will I be stuck there? And for lack of a better way of saying it, I mean, you you took a detour for many years. (laughs) (laughs) I did. And it's been been a great journey. I mean, really, it has. I mean, I enjoy, like I said, the, the audit side to it. We have an IT environment here that when I first came to this company, we had a consultant as our IT person. Well, he's he's now our CIO, which is great. But small companies don't necessarily really understand all the risk associated with the IT environment. Some people just get up and walk away from their computers and don't lock it, for example. And I come up behind them and I'm going, why is your computer unlocked? <laughs> Well, I'm just over here. Yeah, but I can sit down and send a nasty email to somebody and you'll never know who did it. Oh, why would you do that? I don't know. I mean, I I could be malicious. You could have an employee that, you know, two employees that don't get along and that happens. But you have to train people in that environment. You have to teach them that information because they they don't know. And so that's 
what I enjoyed most about coming here was I was able to bring that knowledge base of the IT environment and the audit background to this company because our accounting system is homegrown. And so the guy that that built it's not an accounting person. So I have to then interpret try to interpret what he was trying to create. So we've made a lot of changes. We've had a lot of training with regard to information security. We deal with patient information. So we have to ensure that our employees understand the importance of keeping information confidential and locking their computers when they walk away. So it's it's really been a enjoyable journey, I'd have to say, <laughs> from going from all these full circles around back to to being like a CFO type position, I guess is what okay. I mean. Yeah, I was going to ask. I mean, what what is your role exactly now in totality? I mean, what? Well, my t- official title is Vice President of Corporate Administration. However, I manage the accounting department here as well as the office administration piece. Okay, as well as IT, it sounds like. No, I oh. <laughs> I don't necessarily manage them, but I try to keep an eye on them with my accounting system. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. <laughs> okay. Interesting. Yeah. So you're sort of using yeah, using all the knowledge you've gained over the years. If if someone had an interest in IT audit or, or risk management, I mean there's the obvious option of pursuing a CISA, or I shouldn't say obvious, but obvious because of this story. Do you have any other thoughts on what's a good way to get into those fields or, or how to pursue those careers or how they can position themselves? Well, I think trying to work in an internal audit department is okay. is a good way because of the fact that internal audit, there's many facets to it. So there, there is financial, there's compliance, and then you have IT. Well, the financial and IT really need to work together when they're doing financial audits because of the internal control assessments of general controls of the IT environment. They need to know who has access to the accounting systems, what they can and can't do in order to ensure that the financial statements are not misrepresented. So if you have the opportunity as a financial auditor to work with an IT auditor to gain some knowledge, then I would definitely suggest that. Another great opportunity or area to look to is your CPA network, even as a student member, as a member of the TSCPA, you have that network of people that you can tap into. You can look them up online or if you already know them in your chapter and just say, hey, how can I, you know, learn more about this? Okay. Okay. The networking approach. Okay. And you're, you're very active with the CPA Association. Are there other organizations that you're involved in as well? Yes. Um, I'll be inducted into the, on the executive board of the Accounting and Financial Women's Alliance this May. So I have been on their national board for a couple years now and was asked to join their executive board this past year. So I'll be doing that this May. And I'm also will be in June of this year, be on the executive board for the Texas Society of CPAs for a one-year appointee position. Wonderful. And were you involved with the Auditors Association at one point as well? or I was in IIA, this two internal auditors there in San Antonio, as well as the ISACA chapter for the Information Systems Audit and Control Association there in San Antonio. Okay, that's right. I forgot about ISACA. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. What have you enjoyed most about all that? Because it sounds like you... You're not shying away from involvement if you're going to be on two executive boards. No. <laughs> Some would say I lost my mind, but because I'm also going back to school and getting my master's degree in accounting. So 
So working full time and on two, you know, executive boards and, and then getting my master's degree is, is a lot of work. And newly married with three stepchildren, that has been quite interesting as well. So they got a lot of different things going on in their schedule. So there's a lot going on at my house right now. And so I would say what I like most about the professional organizations is the availability of mentorship and sharing of knowledge and having that camaraderie, whether it's with people in industry or public accounting, different types of industries. It just has that feeling of, I guess, I want to say comfort, but that's really not the word I was looking for, because you all share a common theme. You like accounting. You want to give back to your profession and your community. And so that's why you're part of these organizations to then help develop those that are coming through the ranks. So TSCPA, any accounting student that wants to become a CPA has the opportunity to be a student member. And then the Accounting and Financial Women's Alliance is a great opportunity for those that are not necessarily pursuing certification but want to have that professional network of CPAs, financial planners, internal auditors, whatever the industry has available out there. And so that's why I'm involved is to give back to the community and, and help those that, that want to grow their knowledge base. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It sounds like that definitely feels a need for you, the, the feeling that you're, you're giving back and, and helping others. And I, I can certainly relate to that. And ASWA, that was formerly the ASWA organization. Correct. Correct? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Wonderful. They've been around a long time. Well, I have four questions I end every podcast with. Before I, I get into that, though, is, is there anything else you'd like to talk about? Any other, you know, volunteer interest or anything? It sounds like we've touched on so much and you have so much going on. I'm not sure what else we could touch on, but anything else I missed? <laughs> no, I don't think so. I mean, I had a, I've had a great career and I continue to have a great career. And so I would say any those that are not necessarily sure what they want to do, but they like accounting, they should just <laughs> pick something and try it. And you never know. There you go. And, and you said you're going back to school. And, and I'm, I'm sorry, I missed that. What are you pursuing? My master's of science and accounting. Master. Okay. Now, I don't have my master's them. degree. I have just a BBA in accounting. And whenever okay. I sat for my CPA credential, you didn't have to have, I was grandfathered in before the 150 hours. So I was able to get my license prior to that requirement. And so my thoughts were, hey, if you ever want to teach at the collegiate level, you probably need to have a master's degree. So that's why I decided to go back and get my master's degree and I should graduate this fall. Okay. Well, thank you because I I was dying to ask and I was a little embarrassed to ask. I'm thinking, you've got four certifications. <laughs> why the and the universities don't, don't, don't care. So they want you to have a master's degree. I see. Okay. That makes all the sense in the world. Not that they don't care. It's just that they want that education. If you're going to be teaching, you know, they want to know that your education is important to you as well. Sure. Do you see pursuing a doctorate ever? I have thought about it and I've had several people talk to me about different programs. And so that's kind of where I'm at now. But That's a longer stint as far as school is concerned and money. (laughs) So, Okay. I'm not sure. My boss here where I'm at now is wondering how many letters I'm going to have behind my name whenever I'm done. So he goes, my business card may not be able to hold all of them. Yeah. (laughs) 
It'll have to be a custom order. <laughs> so, right. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, well, thank you for clarifying that because, yeah, I, I wasn't seeing the, the reason, but yeah, that, that, makes, that makes a lot of sense. Sure. Well, the, the four questions I end every podcast with. First of all, what's been your proudest moment? I would have to say that my proudest moment whenever I helped develop the IT committee at the Texas Society of CPA state level. Oh. That was a committee that d- it did not exist. Kim Anderson was the chairman at the time, and I approached her at a meeting there in San Antonio. There's a lot going on in the regulatory environment with banks and credit unions and with regard to red flags and fraud. And, and I just thought, well, there may be there may be more here that, that our CPAs really need to know because they have clients that are in those industries. And CPAs themselves and their firms may not necessarily see the importance of an IT security system or information security, confidentiality, and things like that because that's something that they do every day. So when I approached her about it, she's like, yeah, sure, go ahead and start it. I'm like, oh, okay. Then I did. And so... It's been a great committee. It's helped the Texas Society of CPAs at the state level with many different things, changing the database around the website. And the committee's doing great now and has a lot of knowledgeable members on there that give of their time and, and knowledge to just help others grow. So if ever anybody has any questions, they can definitely reach out to that committee when it comes from a technical standpoint. Interesting. I, I knew you were on the committee. I didn't realize you had helped develop it or had started it. That's hmm. I did. <laughs> Learn something new every day. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell us about a mistake you've made and, and of course, what you learned from it. But the bigger, the better. Well, you provided me these questions, I have to say, and I thought about that and I, I can't even think of one. We all make mistakes, though, so obviously I've suppressed them if, I, if they've been bad enough. <laughs> But I would say that, you know, any mistake that you made, you you own up to it. And I do that today. And I do that even with my staff. So if my staff makes a mistake and it's because I asked them to do something, then that's my responsibility and I take it and it's something that I own. And that's what you need to do with any type of error, whether large or small. You're going to, you'll have to learn from it because if you don't, then you'll continue to make the same mistake over and over again. But as long as you know that you take full responsibility for your actions and and what happened, then it makes you a better individual in the long run. That's good advice. Now, in all fairness, you're forcing me. I'm going to have to call Randy Vogel now and get him on the show. Okay. Yeah, and he may be able to answer that question for me. He might. Um, (laughs) Well, Wendy made all kinds of mistakes over there when she was doing bookkeeping for us. And so... (laughs) The people in South Texas will understand that reference. Yeah. <laughs> well, third, when you think about your career, who sticks out as a, as a mentor or a large influencer for you? I would have to say that my biggest mentor thus far in my career has been Fred Timmons from San Antonio. Hmm. Okay. So he's the one that encouraged me to get on the board at San Antonio CPA Society and and to move up through the ranks and volunteer and be chapter president. He's encouraged me now, obviously, to be on the executive board of TSCPA, but he would like to see me chairman one day. (laughs) So we'll see. Wow. Well, congratulations. I I was excited to see you on the executive board. Thank you. I I didn't know you were working your way up that 
Well, I may be, but Fred's more so, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Fred sees potential. He yes. Sees potential. <laughs> yes. Well, what's the best piece of advice you've ever received? The best advice I've received, and I will continue to give out to those that even ask for my advice, is uh-huh. when you start a new job, really just observe the first few months, six months or so. Take in the dynamics of your team that you're taking in, you know, whether you're a supervisor or going to be part of that team, and then see how you fit in. So what is your role of fitting in with that team before you actually then get into to the nitty-gritty of the work? Because if if your team and your coworkers see that you're wanting to learn and you want to be a part of their team, then they're going to be more willing to help you be successful in your career. Mm. Now, I know you've, you've moved into a few management positions, you know, where you didn't come up through the ranks. You were hired into management. It sounds like you've, you've learned that lesson yourself a few times. A few times, Possibly. yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, that makes a lot of sense, and that's, that's great advice. Well, thank you very much. I, I really appreciate you, you taking the time. Like I said, I, I knew you had gotten into some more interesting areas, and, and I think this will be really beneficial to those people currently in college thinking about what they want to do, you know, the ones getting out and that are out a few years and maybe like accounting, but want to use their skills in other areas. So I, th- I think this will be very beneficial to helping people make career choices. I really appreciate it. Great. Thanks, Mark. Appreciate it. No problem. Well, I hope to see you again at a a state event here soon. Have a great weekend. Thanks, Mark. Appreciate it. You too. No problem. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode. We try to have guests from a variety of career options in accounting, and Wendy actually covers several of those areas. She was a great guest to interview. Thank you again for joining us. If you'd like to find other episodes from Everyday Heroes in all areas of accounting, please visit our homepage at www.whereaccountantsgo.com. This has been Life in Accounting, a production of whereaccountantsgo.com. We'll be back next week with another VIP in the accounting profession. As I always say, there's more to come.